So this week, we learned the mitzvah that need to take care of Tanim. Those who know more have to help those who know less. The Torah actually says this in three places. The Torah says this regarding this week's Torah portion, regarding the commandment that Koyinim are not allowed to contaminate themselves by entering into a cemetery. And the Torah says not only can, must the Koyinim do, do this themselves, but also they're commanded to prevent their children as well from entering the cemetery. The Torah says this in a second place by the laws of reptiles. And just like we are forbidden to eat reptiles, so too are we commanded to prevent our children from eating reptiles as well. The Ketanin, or it doesn't actually just mean children, it means all those who know less. And the third occasion, the Torah says, those who know more must instruct those who know less, is regarding the law of blood. Not only are we forbidden to uh, consume blood, we're also for, commanded Construct Katanin to those who don't know it as don't know as much as we do, that they also must um, not consume blood. So the Gemara in Yavamasdafkufiodalit, right? It discusses uh, this this question. Yeah, Kufidalit. Okay, Three places. Generally, there's something called the Binyanav. Once the Torah says something in one place, it's a rule for the whole Torah. So, how can we need to have repetition of all of these three prohibitions? So, where it says, if we would only be told the uh, prohibition, let's say, about reptiles, so then I would think that this prohibition is only is unique to reptiles. Why? Because reptiles have unique stringency that does not exist in other prohibitions. What is the unique stringency? The stringency is that they're even forbidden with a mashahu, which means that even the tiniest amount of a, uh, of a reptile uh, is forbidden. What, it, what is its exact, uh, how is it uniquely forbidden? There's a discussion in the Rashi and Tesis, exactly what the uh, obligation you have for eating the tiniest amount of a reptile, whether you get whipped, even if you have the tiniest bit of a reptile, or uh, only feed the entire reptile despite the size of the reptile. Either way, there's a unique prohibition about the tiniest size of a reptile. That it's unlike other prohibitions where there is a shear, where there's an amount, regarding reptiles, there's a prohibition even on the tiniest amount. That's the, um, that's therefore the Talmud says, even if the Torah would tell us that those who know more have to instruct those who know less regarding reptiles, I would think that this is unique to reptiles because uh, reptiles have this unique stringency. And if the Torah would tell us this law, that those who know more must instruct those who know less only regarding the law of blood, I would think that blood is also has unique stringency and therefore it's something which is unique to the law of blood. What's unique stringency of blood? Blood is isokaris. The, the, the punishment for, for consuming blood is karis, that the Neshama gets cut off from Hashem completely. So 
I would think that if there's a prohibition, if there's a commandment, though those who know more must instruct those who know less, that may only be by a weighty trans- transgression, like the trans- transgression of blood, because there is this, this, this punishment of karis. But all other mitzvahs, I would think that there's no instruction. So the Gemara asks, let's learn from both the law of blood and the laws of reptiles together. Blood does not have the stringency of mashahu, of the tiniest amount, and reptiles don't have the, the stringency of kares. Gemara says, no, there's a common stringency that they both have, and that is that the, the prohibition of blood, the prohibition of, of consuming a reptile <clears throat> extends to every single Jew. Unlike, however, <clears throat> the laws that, that pertain to the koyanim they are unique for the Kayanim. So if we would know that those who know more must instruct those who know less regarding the laws of blood and regarding the laws of reptiles, I would think that regarding the unique commandments that Kayanim are given, these commandments, there is no instruction that those who know more must instruct those who know less because it's a unique mitzvah. So who says that those that the mitzvahs that apply that are that are um, have such a stringency that they apply to all Jews equally also apply to the unique mitzvahs that Kayanim are commanded on? Therefore, the Torah has to say this regarding Kainim as well, because if the Torah would not have said it about Kainim, we wouldn't have known. But if the Torah conversely would only say this principle regarding the laws of Kainim, then I would think that this applies only to the law of Kainim because Kainim have more mitzvahs than everybody else. And therefore, I would think this stringency, those who know more must instruct those who know less, is unique to Kainim. So that's what the Gemara says. So therefore, we need to have all three places to teach us the this principle. The question can be asked, though, there are other uh, other laws that Torah could have used to convey this principle in a different way without using all three. Torah could have used the law of of Kayanim. And the law of an Avela. An Avela is also forbidden to eat the tiniest amount of an Avela. It's forbidden to... Um, to eat in the veil as well. So if you add the, 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 the prohibition of consuming a non-kosher carcass to the to the mitzvah that are given to Kainim, you add those two together, you also have something that, that could convey this principle in a way that would not require a third place. So why does the Torah have to convey this mitzvah by these three uh, mitzvahs specifically, these th- this, this um, principle? Those who know more must instruct those who know less by these three um, mitzvahs specifically, the Torah could have Instructed this regarding the laws of the carcass and the law of Canaan, and then we, there, there would be no need to tell us tell this this principle in three places in general. Torah is very economic when it comes to words, so the Torah could have used a an scenario uh, in a vela carcass is not forbidden. There's no there's no um, unique um, stringency of a sorry a, a carcass is not uniquely forbidden with a marshal. It doesn't have that stringency of a marshal. It doesn't have the stringency that even tiny spit is forbidden. And doesn't have the stringency that blood has. That blood is, is for punishable with curries. So why couldn't we use the mitzvah of nevela, the, the, the prohibition of eating a nevela, and the mitzvah of the coin should not contaminate to a cemetery with the common denominator of those two mitzvahs? We could also extend this principle to all the mitzvahs. So the commentaries discuss this. But let's go straight to the Hasidic explanation. The reason why, why is it that the Torah instructs those who know more to take care of those who know less? At first, you would think that they're in two different worlds. One is on a higher level and one is at a lower level. So why is it that those who know more must actually 
go out of their their zone and engage with those who know less. Well, what's the reason for it? The reason is, is because every Jew is a part of Hashem. And therefore, there's no, the distinction you make between one Jew and another is only external. There's no real distinction between one Jew and another. And therefore, the Torah commands us to take care of each other. There is no more and less kind of thing. And it's, this is true in all mitzvahs of the Torah. However, there are some mitzvahs where you could see this more openly and apparently. And the reason why these mitzvahs were chosen to exemplify this principle that those who know more must instruct those who know less is because it's in this principle specifically, these mitzvahs specifically, the reasons that the Gemara mentions why we would think that this principle only applies to these mitzvahs, those reasons collectively are all highlight this idea of the essence of the neshama that exists in every Jew. These specific mitzvahs that the Gemara mentions, you see in each of these, uh, in each of their unique, um, something that highlights the, the, the connection of every neshama with Hashem. To the first, the prohibition of shratzen, of reptiles. Torah says it's forbidden to rap again, even a mash of the tiniest amount. Usually, the the, the Torah says in Tanya that everything which is forbidden gets its nourishment from the unclean forces of Klippa. It gets its energy from the opposite of holiness. That's where all non-kosher things get their energy from. However, within the unclean forces of Klippa, there are things which have worse than others. Things have worse Klippa than others. The, usually, in order to incur a prohibition of, let's say, getting whipped, or, or you have to consume a certain amount of something because there needs to be a certain amount of impure energy that requires that rectification of whipping or whatever punishment it may be. But since the, over here, the Torah says it's forbidden by Mashahu, that highlights that, that we're talking about a kind of thing which is connected to the essence of whipping, the essence of the un, un, unholy, the essence of the separation of a Jew and Hashem. And therefore, this mitzvah highlights the connection of Jew to Hashem. And therefore, the, even the tiniest amount makes a difference. And this is true for those who know more or those who know less. As the Gemara learns from this principle that it is forbidden to feed even a day-old child uh, anything which the Torah forbids. So, so those who know more must take care of those who know less. How do you see this, that there is no separation between those who have more and those who have less? What do you see this? You see this in the prohibition of reptiles because there is no quantity. That shows that we're talking about something which is connected to the essence of the unholy and, and, and can, can separate the neshama from Hashem. So that's the mitzvah of Shatz, and that's how that mitzvah underscores the connection of Jew to Hashem in its stringency, the idea of mashal, the tiniest amount. Why is the tiniest amount pertinent? Because we're talking about the core bond between the Jew and Hashem. It doesn't matter the amount. It's the essence of it. Then there is the second mitzvah the Gemara mentions, the mitzvah of blood. There are, you could tell the uh, weight of the blemish of the soul by the weight of the punishment that the Torah administers. So when there's a weightier punishment, that's because the blemish is greater. <clears throat> so because that, that causes such a great blemish on the neshama. Therefore, what is a punishment for consuming blood? Karis. What does karis mean? Karis means the whole neshama is cut off from Hashem. But with, with another Aveda, Shalom Aleichem, thank you, Ramel, for joining. With another Aveda, 
each other cuts off a certain part of the nisham. Cuts off the entire nisham, and therefore the um, this mitzvah underscores the connection of Jew with Hashem more than others, because in this mitzvah you see the uh, the something affecting the core bond of Jew and Hashem. So therefore, the Torah chose <clears throat> this mitzvah to as an example for this principle. Those take care of the less. <clears throat> Why Torah use this, this as an example? <clears throat> because in this mitzvah you see that that it's something which affects the entire bond of the Jew and Hashem. Just want to um, say parenthetically that although it says it cuts off the whole neshama, it doesn't really mean it cuts off the, cuts off the entire neshama. Karis cuts off the the neshama's connection to the breath of Hashem. In other words, the way the neshama extends from the breath of Hashem to the body, so the Aveda of Karis cuts off the breath of Hashem from reaching the body. But that only that only is the, the nethermost part of the neshama, the way the neshama connects to the body. And that's why it's possible always do tshuva, reach beyond the level of, of, of the source of the neshama's uh, entry into the body. If you reach by, beyond the, the source of the neshama's entry, entry point into the body um, through tshuva, then you're able to rectify a prohibition of karis as well. Okay, so both karis, both the prohibition of blood and the prohibition of reptiles uniquely demonstrate the core bond of Jew and Hashem. And collectively also, the fact that they, these prohibitions extend to all Jews, why all Jews are different, everyone at different mitzvah. Gavrem over here is Rebbe's general. He is his, he's Rebbe's general. He has a lot more soul than, uh, than others. Um, so how are we saying that we're all, why are we all equal? The fact that we're all equal in these prohibitions, that, in, that underscores again this, this concept. There's, there's a din, for example, besides the idea of the of the neshama being all Jews equally, there is a similar principle in Chassidus about any, about the idea of a soul in general. You don't need to have a big soul to animate a big body. It's not like a small soul animates a small body and a big soul animates a big body. Rather, any soul, even a tiny, it, 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 there's no quantity in comes to a soul. And any soul could animate the, the greatest, the biggest body. Oig, Melchabashan, Oig. Well, he was the biggest person in history, he could be animated by, this, by the soul of a child. That's if you're talking about the soul, the essence of life force. Essence of life force in Oik is, uh, is the same life force that there is in a baby. It's the same life force. However, there is a difference between Oik and the child in the quantity of life force and what, and what Oik does with the life force and how much power Oik has. So, on the other hand, if you talk about the, the essence of life, the essence of life is the same in as it is in a child. And that's why the halacha is on Yom Kippur, the Torah says you're not allowed to eat a kaisis. A kaisis is the amount uh, that it's a, a, uh, either a tiny amount of food on Yom Kippur, you, then, then the, uh, a small measurement of food. So then there is a prohibition of, uh, and the punishment that, that is given on Yom Kippur. What if you're very big and need more food? And the Torah doesn't say you can't eat. The Torah says don't pain yourself, which means that the prohibition of eating Yom Kippur and doesn't have to do with the consumption of food, it has to do with pain. And therefore, you would think that there's a difference between someone who's as big as egg and needs to eat more and someone who's smaller. And yet, the, the Gemara says they're equal, that, that, that there's something that a kaisvis, something even this tiny amount of, of a kaisvis, like, I think it's like, like, let's say like 40 grams, something like that, that has enough to satisfy a child, a day old, 
and oig equally. Because they're talking about the core bond of the soul and the body, they're the same. But just like this is true between the, the essence of life, so too does have to do with the essence of Judaism. And these mitzvahs affect the extent to all Jews equally. Well, the one Jew, you, you see the Neshama more in this year. The Jew is a Jew who studies Tanya, and he davens with the Tanya, and he's alive in the Tanya. So, so, so Neshama is, is more pronounced and more, he feels the soul more in his, in, in his learning and his davening and stucca. And another Jew is not so much. So, so maybe there's a difference between them externally, but in the essence of the core bond they have with Hashem, are the same. And the Gemara then says that you can't learn out from the mitzvah of blood and the mitzvah of uh, uh, the reptiles collectively, because you may think that the, this prohibition that those who know more must take care of those who know less only apply to those commandments specifically because they extend to all Jews. What about the laws that extend to Kainim? So the Gemara says that Kainim needs a special commandment, and you can't learn out from the laws of Kainim to the rest of the other mitzvahs, to all the all other mitzvahs, you can't learn from Kainim the laws that extend, to, that, that, that pertain to Kainim, that those laws should pertain to all Jews, just because the Torah says that a Kainim knows, knows more, as they care of a Kainim who knows less, doesn't mean that a um, um, just because a just because those just because a coin who knows more has to take care of a coin knows knows less doesn't mean that that same principle should apply to others. Why not? Because Reba Mehem mitzvahs because Kainim have more mitzvahs than others. What does Kainim have, have more mitzvahs than others? In Hasidus, when it says the word more, Reboy, Reba means something which is infinite. Reba means something which is why does more mean infinite? Because if if you're using the word more. Okay, it's more than A, but it's less than B. So riba, a, a multitude of something, has to mean something which is infinite because otherwise it's not really a multitude, not really a lot. It's a lot compared to A, but not a lot compared to B. So the true meaning of a lot of riba in uh, a ribui in Torah means something which is infinite. So koyanim don't just have more mitzvahs, they have infinitely more mitzvahs. One second, how can they have infinitely more mitzvahs? Koyanim have a certain measure of mitzvahs. You can, you can count them, not the mitzvahs that Koyanim have that others don't have. So why does, do, do we say that Koyanim have infinitely more mitzvahs? In quantity, indeed, Koyanim don't have an infinitely more great, greater amount of mitzvahs than everyone else. But in quality, the reason why a Koyanim has a commandment to keep more mitzvahs than others is because the core bond of a Jew and Hashem is more revealed in a Koyanim. Since this core bond is revealed more in a Koyanim, so therefore a Koyanim is commanded to take care of more things than a regular Jew is. The, as the Rambam says, there's not only a Kayin, but every Jew, who is a magnanimous spirit to serve Hashem in a holy way. So he expresses that core bond that a Kayin has naturally is that this idea of dedicating himself to serve Hashem only, not to anything else. That's, that's the idea of a Kayin, a servant of Hashem. So a Kayin naturally has a more of an expression of his Neshama than anybody else. And so therefore, the fact that a coin is given more mitzvahs is not because of something that, that can be measured. It's because of the core, because of the essence, which is infinite. Because the essence, the central bond of the Jew and Hashem. Now, so the Torah says by Yibadil, that a coin is in a different, different, uh, he's separated from everybody else. What does it mean he's separated? Your separation means that his connection to Hashem is in a whole different level. Why? Because his connection is based, his connection is based upon the fact that his is in more of an expression of his core bond with Hashem. So that's why the Torah has to tell us specifically about the laws that pertain to Kainim. 
that a coin who knows more has to take care of a coin who knows less. Why must the Torah tell us this? Because you would think <clears throat> that uh, only by a coin who, uh, since he has a, you could, his core bond with Hashem is more pronounced, uh, that's why this, the mitzvah applies to him only, not to anybody else, because he, he, the core bond of Hashem and a Jew is more revealed in a coin. So bottom line is the reason these four mitzvahs were chosen again, or these four principles were chosen, the principle of a mashahu, the tiniest amount, like by, by, by a sheriff's, the principle of, of blood, which is that blood is the isra of karis, the whole Hashem is cut off, and the principle that in a vera that extends to all the Jewish people, um, that, that blood and reptiles have, blood and reptiles have collectively, and the principle that having more mitzvahs than others, that Koyinim have, these four ideas, these four angles, so these four stringencies, highlight a core bond of Jew and Hashem. And that's why these four were chosen, these, these four ideas were chosen to be the example for the principle that those who know more must help those who know less. Why? Because the reason why those who know more must help those who know less is because we're all the same, because we're all, we're all Jewish. So it doesn't only apply to these mitzvahs, it applies to all mitzvahs. These mitzvahs are, were chosen because you see in these mitzvahs the core bond of Jew and Hashem. But the truth is that in every mitzvah, every Jew connects with Hashem, and every Yavir Hashem separates the Jew and Hashem. Just in these mitzvahs, you see it more openly and clearly. And that's why the Torah, when it tells us that those who know more must help those who know less, the Torah uses an unusual word. The Torah uses the word lahazir. What's lahazir mean? Lahazir means to give light. If you're stuck in your comfort zone, and you can extend yourself to help someone who knows less than you, that shows that you are not in touch with your neshama. That shows you're not in touch with your korban with Hashem. And that's why you feel that your mitzvahs are more important than someone else's mitzvahs. Why is it that you're in your comfort zone, you're not going out to another person? The reason you're staying where you are, you're not going out to another person, is because you are, are um, you feel that you're different. So the order has here, in order to get the light of your neshama, it's specific by it's by going out of your way to help others. When you go out of your way to help others, you're underscoring, you're expressing how we're one family. So that's that's the Torah tells us how do you get like as a god how do you get your own like? It's specifically alaktanim, specifically by helping those who know less. And the truth is, as uh, it says elsewhere in this, it's by helping those who are farther away from you, getting more in touch with your nisham. So, so so it's not just like you, you get you get in touch with your Hashem by helping those who have less than you, but the lower a person may seem to you externally, by you might say like what I told this person, I, I can preach to someone who's who's closer to my, uh, I can talk to him, someone who's more in my zone, but it's precisely by extending yourself to those who are the farthest that you feel you feel the farthest from you, you get most in touch with your Hashem and have the most light. And that's what I want to share today. Any questions, comments, criticism, tomatoes, cucumbers. All right. Great day, David. Great day, Rebel. Great day, Chaim Peretz. Great day, Avramov.